coming up next in The Ziggler Show. The sales process is no longer what it used to be. In the past, salespeople were needed to inform and educate and fully showcase a product or service to people who came in with a desire but were pretty ignorant. Well, today, nearly all sales happen online with no need for a so-called salesperson. With any product or service, we can fully research it, compare it, get unbiased user reviews. All that's left is deciding from which person or company we're going to make our purchase from. So how do we all adjust for this new scenario? That's what Tom Ziegler and I are discussing next. Welcome to The Ziegler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. On The Ziegler Show, my focus is getting to the root of personal and business development by digging into what actually helps us change and transform and achieve the progress we feel called to and the fulfillment we truly desire. Here, I bring today's most influential people onto the show and take captive the core issues of human performance to have conversations about what really matters to our individual lives. If you want to go beyond merely listening and join our community of people devoted to making positive change in their life and work, come on over to kevinmiller.co. Join my Driven to Live community. You can go from listening to this podcast episode all about sales in today's marketplace and join us to talk and grapple with it and apply the concepts to your life and business. Well, now I bring you Tom Ziegler and I discussing selling when people are already sold. All right, Tom. So here's the deal. So I took a classic clip from your dad, from Zig Ziglar on sales. And the premise was, are you selling, uh, you know, are you, are you selling to people or selling you know, for them? Is this something you're doing for them, a service, or are you just trying to sell something? And it was with that premise that I wanted to hear people's testimonies. You know, how have, how have they experienced being sold to? And so I asked uh, to our audience on Facebook, which everybody can do. Join us there. You can find me at, at uh, Agent K Miller on Facebook. I post a question all, at least a, once a week. And, uh, but I ask, you know, what was the last product or service you were truly sold on? Okay, that's the question. What was the last product or service you were truly sold on? And then I I prefaced it and said, not just some product you wanted and you went to Amazon and found good ratings and bought it, but a product or service where someone convinced you and you bought. Okay, Tom, so I'm going back to sales, right? Classic sales. You know, you show up on the showroom floor or in the retail place or whatever, uh, or you have an appointment and the salesperson's in front of you and how are you sold? And so here's the, here's the punchline. You ready? I just couldn't find anybody testifying to that happening anymore. I, and, and so it was good. It was a good education for me uh, to come back and cause I don't have one. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you, has that happened to you recently? Can you recall off the cuff, off the cuff of you having a salesperson who actually had the opportunity to sell you on something that you said yes or no to? It's been two years. Okay. What was it? It was a car. I, I knew you were going to say that because that's, that's the only place left, I think. Okay. So tell me about it. Yeah. So uh, December two years ago, we got uh, a new car. Mm -hmm. uh, 
a Hyundai Palisade. Okay. And, you know, sales professional went through the whole process, showed me every detail of the car. Uh, I'm kind of one of those buyers who likes comfort and luxury and ease of use and technical sophistication and very, very low maintenance and great value. So that's why we're the odd, we're the odd couple with cars. (laughs) I'm driving something that will just start. (laughs) (laughs) I want a car. It's, it's like, uh, and people do this. I, I took every color of sock out of my drawer except for black at one time in my life. Because I didn't want to make that choice. And then I saw, was it Elon Musk or somebody or, or Zuckerberg? He only wears black T-shirts or something like that because he okay. doesn't want to. So if I guess that would be the only comparison I would want with, with, with him. The, with but. those guys, Yeah. Unless maybe someday if they said our bank accounts were the same, that would be a great that, comparison. That would be, yeah. I would enjoy that because I would knock on your door and say, Hey bud, how you doing, Tom? <laughs> well, so with, even with that sales process, how sold were you on the car to begin with? You know, I was pretty sold already cause I'd done so much research on it, Yeah, uh, but I definitely had the boxes that I needed to check. Okay. Uh, in my mind, that only a salesperson professional could do. Okay. Um, and it also stemmed from I'd bought another car from that dealership. Now, I guess that was eight years ago, almost nine. So I've had a really good experience with that same place already. Mm-hmm. I've experienced their service and professionalism. <laughs> so, so to that. Find- to that I'll degree, yeah, to I'll that degree, was Sunday. it a was it a yes or no? I mean, uh, uh, were, uh, was it really even a question or a sale on whether you're going to do it, or it was just somebody helping facilitate what you knew you were going to do? Uh, they could have lost the sale. Okay, I would say I went there. They probably had the sale when I walked in, mm-hmm. and so one of my uh, uh, questions was Kia has the same, they have the Telluride. So here we are, the Ziegler show is a car show (laughs) and I'm not even a car guy. Uh, Kia has the Telluride, which is basically the same car as the Hyundai. It's more sporty, it's more stylish, probably a little less comfortable. um, And I couldn't decide which one. And, but I was leaning towards the Hyundai because, because I was familiar with that dealer. Uh, and so they made me excited about buying the Hyundai from them. Okay. So that, that habit. So that, that again, it's interesting because I knew that that was going to be your, your response there. Of course, I got some context on you and I didn't, I, you know, somebody could have responded with that, with, with a car. Um, you know, I recently bought a car, helped my kids buy a car and there was literally no sales process. We just went up, we looked at it. We knew I did the you know homework and we just made the decision uh, to do it. I mean, we had, I had a couple questions just checking on it. It was a used car uh, for them, uh, but it didn't happen. So what I'm interested in discussing, Tom, is so for all of us out there who have a product or service and a lot of people listening, the product or the service is them. 
And that's important as well, that we have maybe more need than ever to be able to sell ourselves. That may be the biggest. That's what I'm, that's what I want to play with, with you here. Uh, that may be the biggest sales training we need is how to sell ourselves when it comes to a product or service that we're associated with that we're trying to sell. However, the landscape is just so different. And I just had not really thought about it specifically um, because of what you just said, the research. I mean, if we go back, you and I are not digital natives. My kids are, they won't know anything different. We are not. And I'm ever more aware of that today, which is odd because I feel like now I'm a, now I am a digital native, but I'm not, I am not. And you and I remember the day where when you're going to buy something, whether it's, I don't know, a lawnmower, uh, something for your house, uh, yeah, a, a car, a gosh, a set of encyclopedias, I, you know, whatever it may be, you're going to buy something and you just know you want that. And you have to go have somebody inform you and sell you on that purchase, whether you're going to make it or not, whether you're going to make it for them or from somebody else, like you just talked about. But today it feels like everything is a, is somewhat of a commodity because it's out there. And I'm trying to think at this point, what can I not do the research so I can come up and we're way past consumer reports. You know, if, if, if those listening are old enough, that used to be a go-to, it was a news or what was it? A magazine, right? magazine subscription, you go in there and you can go and, and read consumer reports. Well, now that's the touch of a button. We can do all the research we want. We can do all the comparisons we want. We can get unbiased reviews from the public, uh, and, and reviews, you know, from the experts in that field. And with most things, even big ticket things, we can buy it. We can just add whatever, you know, this is the best I can figure out. Let's buy it and see what we think, buy it, try it. And if you don't like it, send it back. I mean, there's very little risk and we've taken, it feels like, and I'm going to throw this at you then, Tom, it feels like for the most part, we have taken the salesperson out of it. And what we have bought though, is that person in a sense of a personality. Meaning if somebody listens to this show week in and week out and they trust Tom Ziegler and they're thinking about being in the market for some kind of a, they, they want some help on coaching and uh, Tom says, well, Hey, we have the, you know, we have a coaching course. We can help you. They trust you. They're not going to go vet the coaching course against another. Uh, at that point, they have already bought you. So they've been sold on you. Uh, I guess they could though. They could go and, and vet coaching courses and do the research, do the comparisons, get the real reviews. And you as a salesperson don't have a ton to do. Let me stop there and get your thoughts before we go further. Yeah, so <clears throat> just how the sales process has changed. Um, my wife and I, Chachas, we gave each other a Christmas present this year. Okay. A big screen TV. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we got it early so we could enjoy it during <laughs> – she's a big football fan. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. I was going to uh, say, I was a lucky you, all the guys are thinking, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> and you know how we bought it? Called my son-in-law who bought a big screen recently and said, what do you recommend? Mm -hmm. So he sends me a link and we buy it. It comes through Amazon. Yep. Gosh, I, it, you know, even just a couple of years ago, we would have gone to Best Buy we would have had a sales consultant run down all the features and benefits of these different things. It is a commodity. 
And then you talked about reviews, right? We go to Amazon and we buy stuff that has the most and highest number of reviews. And then we learn about gaming, you know, how, how people were paid yep. to put in reviews. Yep. And then I read an article about how to tell if the site has a bunch of fake reviews. And the easiest way is about every eighth review is a three instead of a five. And it says, gosh, you know, I really hated this about it. And then they, all they do is talk about all the stuff that's fantastic. <laughs> so, hmm. it's, so it makes it, it makes even an, an average review look like a great review. Right. So now where do we go for sales to help? If it's an expensive thing, we ask people that we're friends with yep. what their experience was. And that was the number one response, Tom, right, right there. That was it. Uh, Vincent, uh, said he bought the remarkable too. I didn't even know what that is. It's something you take notes on electronic doohickey, uh, and why the recommendations bottom line. That's what he said. Uh, David Powers said a robot vacuum and it was all his friends talking about that. Uh, Samantha Lake, a Kendall, uh, Sean Langwell under cabinet lights, even that for his kitchen remodel. Uh, but again, it was just referred to him by somebody he trusted, a contractor, uh, Stephen Cruson, Wahoo Fitness Smart Trainer. So if you don't know what that is, it's something, if you have a bicycle, you can hook it up to uh, an indoor thing and make it kind of like a, a Peloton kind of experience, uh, whatnot. But again, it was all his cycling friends uh, that helped with that. And it goes on and on from you know water to AirPods to hairbrushes and hair dryers to... Uh, there was a car there, uh, and, uh, an electric excavator, never heard about that. So, but it goes on and it was just that it was primarily reviews. We did that Tom last year. We got a, a new TV came in the mail from Amazon, uh, hooked it up. We're all ready to watch a movie on this, on this big fancy TV. And it was broken. It had been broken in the shipping. So it looked like this mosaic of glass uh, that we were looking at. And at that point, we were so impatient. I said, well, this is stupid. We want to watch right now. So I just went 15 minutes down the road to Walmart and we got one. I walked in, looked at them, looked at the prices, got on Amazon, looked at the reviews, looked at the comparable things, bought the thing, went home and watched it. And that's what we have now. Uh, so even there, even the stuff that we're going to buy in person, I find myself you know, with my phone out looking at reviews on apps or browsing. So here we are as providers for all the people out there with a product or a service that they are selling. And how do we then respond to how do we respond to this? Because my first thought, Tom, was, well, if that's what people are doing, if they're looking at reviews, if they're looking at ratings, if they're getting recommendations, is that that's where our focus is. And it made me realize that as I hire even like contractors or service people, if I go look at somebody and they, of course, they don't have a website. It's almost unheard of, but they're, they're off the radar. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to the ones that have something to look at. And the more they have to look at, the better. So if, they, if there's five options and three of them have Yelp and Google reviews, boom, that's all I'm going to right there. Yelp and Google reviews. I'm going to go look at that. Uh, I'm going to, we did do that. You know what, Tom, I, I take that back. We did do that with this 
Uh, it was actually, he's kind of a car mechanic slash dealer that we found a car, a used car in the range of what my kids wanted. And we looked at his Yelp, or I think it was Yelp, Yelp or Google. We looked at those reviews. That was the number one thing that sold me because I had people on there talking over and over about how he took care of them, how even on cars that he sold as is that he uh, took care of them. That's why we went there. And he turned out to be just as they said that, that he was. And so three weeks later, I got another kid that just came in from Europe and we're going down there to look at cars uh, from that guy. He did that. He sold himself well, or his, his attachment to those mechanisms sold itself. So that was kind of the first thing I came to is saying, if we, as, as providers, if we don't have the connections that people can do the research, find the reviews. We need to give them all that information up front and make it super easy for them. If we don't have that, we're already behind the eight ball. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and my conversation with Tom Ziegler about selling when people are already sold. We'll be right back. You, you know, I was just remembering a, uh, a, a friend who... Gosh, they they bought a business. Um, it was actually a scuba diving business, and they were ranked like number forty four out of forty five on TripAdvisor for the island. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pretty bad. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So they were on. They were selling the business. It was on sale because it was so bad. Wow. He goes in and does training, and he teaches them <clears throat> a sales process where somebody walks in because. A lot of people go to this island and they decide they're going to scuba when they get there. So now they walk to the nearest shop and he trained the staff. Hey, when somebody walks in, greet them, you know, all the things we're supposed to do and then tell them up front, hey, our goal is to get a five-star review on TripAdvisor. And so at any point during your experience, if you don't feel like you're getting five-star service, let us know. We'll fix it. That's brilliant. brilliant. And that's all they did. And they did what they were doing, except for they set the standard. We want a five-star review. Does that sound fair? You hold us accountable to that. And then they just, whatever the client said, they fixed, right? They, awesome. they, they could do everything, but, you know, change the weather. And they, they ended up being in, in less than a year in the top three. Yeah. And so what were they doing? They were making it easy for people to see what customers thought of them, yeah, which is kind of what kind of what you were talking about. And then uh, my wife was showing me an Instagram thing. I think it was a Kardashian, and they were having a birthday party, probably for their one-year-old. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and they had all this stuff, right? No, it was a Sing Two party, right? Sing Two, the the movie that's coming out. And so they had a sing cake and they had sing decorations and they had, it was at least 40 or $50,000 worth of stuff. And she goes, how do they afford that? I go, they don't afford that. That's all a gift. Hmm. Sing is paying them a ton of money yeah. to put that out to her 40 million Instagram fans. Right. And so I think that's how we buy, whether it's a personal relationship influencer or if it's an official Instagram influencer, we like what they like, right? We trust what they trust. And so that's how we're influenced today. And so in the sales game, our sales at Ziegler 
Um, education, it, it goes like this, awareness, education, and then a conversation about, is it a fit for you? <clears throat> and so I think a lot of the YouTube videos, a lot of the Instagram posts that we see, uh, those are awareness and education a lot of times. Yeah. And then the third step is we, we see if it's a fit. And then, then in that third step is also who else do we know that's done it, that had a great experience. Uh, and, and that, that, that to me is what something specific that jumped out, Tom, thanks for bringing that up is whatever product you have, whatever service you're go, you have, you can't, you have full access to full disclosure for your, I don't like to talk about competitors. That's kind of a scarcity perspective, but other people in your category, look who's selling, what you're selling, go see what they're doing, how they're positioned and how their website is, how their feedback, you know, user feedback is, is situated and best business practices. So we all sell online these days is a big part of the point here. We all sell online and best business practices is is really the name of the game. And that was hard. That was a hard lesson for me to learn, Tom, because there was a time, thank goodness, I can actually say it has been fairly long ago where I looked at what was happening online and said, well, hey, they're doing that. Let's go the other direction. Let's do something different. Man, that doesn't work. If you have a, uh, like we sell some, we sell supplements. If you go to truelife.store, Dr. Andy James and I have some functional medicine focused nutritional supplements. Uh, if you go to truelife.store, what did we mirror that after? And well, Amazon, it's the number one place, you know, that people purchase. And why would you go, why would you format your sales process any different? And we actually use Shopify, which I'm advertising for currently. We, we literally put the site on Shopify and the system goes through there, but it looks like Amazon. Here's the picture. Here are the other pictures. Here's a little video that you can look at. Here is the, about the product. Here's the comparison. Here's yeah. Again, it's just, we, we line that up, which man, it was so hard for me as an entrepreneur because I'm used to do, yeah, do things differently, you know, do something unique. How can you be, how can you set yourself apart. But in this aspect of sales, man, people, people are getting more and more and more used to a certain way that it flows. You talked about the sales process and we need to look at that. But it, it again, brought me back what I, to what I said at the beginning, Tom, that it feels like the greatest sale is as a person is getting that person's trust because the product or service is out there kind of as a commodity. So we're left with the biggest sale is just us, just like you talked about with some celebrities. I mean, that's the name of the game in podcasting. That's what's blown it through the roof. And we've seen billions of, of, of advertising leave TV, radio, billboards, you name it, all the old school stuff, newspapers, magazines, whatever, and come over into podcasting because people want to align with big names. I saw so yesterday I was on the phone with Jordan or on a zoom call with Jordan Harbinger. Jordan has generally it's one of the top 50 podcasts on planet earth. It's gargantuan. He gets more downloads per episode than we get in a month uh, to put that into perspective. And we, and we're in the top 2% of all podcasts. Uh, and he has advertisers clambering for him to recommend their product, to give him a personal endorsement. They will send him anything. They'll send him a new car if he will drive it and say, hey, this is the car that I drive. So he's just picking and choosing. And we then want to 
have to decide whether we trust them or not, which again, it's a beauty of podcasting because if you're putting a show or two or more out every single day, you can't hide. You can't hide your character. You can't hide your personality. And that'll actually come out on reviews. I know some celebrities who I'm not going to name their names just because it's negative, but some celebrities who have big shows have a lot of reviews. And if you go read the reviews, especially if you hit on the negative ones, Oh my gosh, you'll, you'll find out real quick that a lot of people do not like how this person is as far as arrogance. They do not like if somebody, you know, no matter what the personality, if they talk over their guests and you'll see them just torn uh, apart and you know, that that's going to come around eventually. You might get a big hit initially as a celebrity, but uh, ultimately they want somebody that they feel like they can trust. And that's what advertisers want to jump behind. So we're back into this trust economy and what this little bitty survey really showed me, Tom, is, man, the biggest sale is just coming from that, the trust of the person promoting XYZ or the friends, the recommendations, just like what you said did. I'm going to get a TV. I'll call my son-in-law. Boom. There it is. And that's where our sales are happening today. It's just such a different landscape. It is. And I'm trying to just think, well, how do we differentiate? How do we... How does our hand get noticed in the crowd of waving hands? Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Godin, and we've talked about this. He's got this thing. Um, he calls it, most people are familiar with MVP, which is. Uh, most valuable player. Yeah, MVP. Minimum viable product. <laughs> that too. Yeah. And he's, he has a thing called MVA, which is minimum viable audience. Okay. So you take your business and you look at it and you say, okay, if I satisfied to the extreme, like a raving fan extreme, what's the minimum number of customers I could have and have a thriving business? Mm -hmm. And then that's our target. What do we need to do to make those people excited? And then if we grow beyond that, so I was just thinking of all this. So back in the day, I was a big Woot fan, W-O-O-T. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Woot? Uh, by name, I couldn't tell you what it is. I forget. So Woot was an online store. And what they did is they're like a remainder business. So any manufacturing run that oh, had right. leftovers, uh, kind of like dollar, I guess the dollar store in the real world. It, but they would, <laughs> so they'd buy this stuff and you could go to Woot and you could get it for, 50 to 90 percent off yep. but they were quirky and they had great copy and it was you know very eccentric and crazy stuff so you know like one year i mean i would never do this but i bought a remote control car with the camera on it <laughs> that's great just to annoy your neighbors so I could just sit on my couch and chase the dog without. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Because the camera would, I could follow the dog, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't do all of our pet lovers. I stopped as soon as he stopped having fun. It was a game. Uh, but <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but they got bought by Amazon. Oh, yeah. And they lost all their personality. Yeah. And so I just looked them up. They're back, but uh, I'm not sure what their personality is, but they were quirky and they brought weird stuff and they had this, this is bad. Uh, about once a month they had a sale and the sale was called, they literally called it bag of crap. And, <laughs> and 
it was a brown bag and they put a bunch of stuff in it and you paid like five ninety nine for it. Yeah. And you didn't know what it was until it got to your uh till it delivered it. And so there were all these videos of people opening their bag. Oh, look at this, look at this. And it was just it was always worth more than five ninety nine, but you yeah. never knew what you were gonna get. Yeah. It was like an Easter egg hunt, right? So they built this whole personality uh, and they were differentiating themselves. And so Amazon said, Hey, wait a second. They're scary. We'll buy them. So, wow. What are, I mean, I don't know if Amazon offered me probably what they offered Woot, I'd probably have to say, yeah. Um, but, but that's the point, right? There yeah. was this, there was this space there. There's no way they can compete in unless they said, Hey, we want to find nerdy, geeky, technique technical people who like gadgets and other random stuff that we find yeah and really write copy that at least they're entertained even when they don't buy yeah i mean i used to look forward to the wood email because it was quirky and fun to read well and and i'm finding that tom even on amazon because i used to do that as well i had a, a place called steep and cheap uh, and it was steep as in like Alpine mountain stuff. And they would sell one thing at a time, really at a discount. I still have stuff that I bought from them for pennies on the dollar. It was really great. I think ultimately I just got uh, all the outdoor equipment I could possibly use uh, and maybe a little bit more. <laughs> and so I quit. I don't. And, and then it was just, I literally was kind of like, I got to just stop. I'm just buying stuff. <laughs> it's a great job of buying stuff and then trying to give it away. Hey man, I bought 15 of these things. You want one? Uh, so I, I quit doing it. But recently, well, this holiday season, I was I was actually looking, darn, I wish I could give this company credit and I can't bring it to mind real quick, but I was looking for games, just board games. So I got a big family and we enjoy games, but we need games that like 12 people or so can play. That's what we're usually sitting there going, hey, what game do you want to play? I want to play this. Yeah, but only six people can play that, man. We got 13 people sitting here. So I was looking for that and I found this company, but they were on Amazon then and they were doing the work and I've seen that happen now even to differentiate them as a seller on Amazon who, yeah, is gobbling up so many places. But I agree that our sales process now is is asking why buy, why would somebody buy from us and realizing that so rarely can we say that our service or our product is the absolute best. Pretty much got to take that off the table unless you're Elon Musk, I guess. Uh, you got to take that off and figure out why, what can you add to that? What story can you bring them into? Which on that note, I wanted to mention Donald Miller. So we've had Donald on the show uh, three times at this point, he's about to come out and I'll probably have him back on the show. He's about to come out with another book called hero on a mission. And his focal point for his company is to make the person, the hero, when they come to your website, is your website, your storefront, your sales, is it about you? Is it about your product? Is it about your service? Or is it about the person? And Tom, I really struggle with this. It is not an easy thing to do. Because what we know is ourselves and we know our product or service and we don't know. And I'm actually, you know, so I've recently launched this members community at kevinmiller.co. So a members community, I'm doing some limited coaching. I call it guide, uh, guidance, and, uh, and, then, and then working on a mastermind thing and looking at that and going, man, I haven't done it well. I have not done it well. I expect that people know me. They're going to come from the podcast. They have some trust for me. 
but still they have, uh, there's, there's a hundred other me's out there, a hundred other people who are giving good content that people appreciate and people trust and they're selling the same stuff. So again, we're back to that. And I'm realizing, I was realizing as I was preparing the show, I'm not doing it well, Tom, I was kind of just trying to, you know, let it go on the trust factor and that works some, but still no, man, people are there making a decision why to align with me as opposed to somebody else who may have sold more books, have more downloads, uh, have more, you know, fame, celebrity, whatever. And am I doing, am I standing out enough to say, this is what is different with this product or service. And I do find myself just as you do, Tom, talking to a lot of coaches specifically, because we just have a lot of those in our audience and saying, if I've got you, my, the, the, my muse is always saying, if I've got you up on stage with 10 other coaches, uh, I had a guy recently, so he's a guy, he's a male, he's about my age, about 50. So I said, I told him, I said, man, Steven, if you're up on stage with me and we're up there with eight other guys and we're all kind of in the personal development, helping people, you know, achieve their dreams and goals, what sets us apart? Why would somebody go with one of us other than the other? None of us can claim to be the best. Uh, we're all going to probably use some similar things. We may even use similar tools like personality profiles and whatnot. Our opportunity is to say, Hey, here's where I have specific experience and I can specifically help you. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this guy, Steven, uh, it's Steven Makeumson. And he was a, you know, Steven, and he was a, he was a coach, literally a basketball coach. Uh, he was coach of the year, his team, his underdog team won championships and, uh, I mean, this guy has that to pull from that, to draw from, and he can relate to people in a different way, especially around team. Well, I don't have that. Not only do I not have that team sports background, but I'm not a good team guy. I'm a good solo guy. That's a great differentiating point. We should both maximize that. Hey, this is who we can help and, and how, and, you know, again, so looking at our experiences, our advocacies, we need to let ourselves be known, but then back to Donald Miller, to at our storefront to say, Hey, this is about you and relate to them. I'm for you. If you're this type of person, if you, are you dealing with this type of a problem? Are you trying to reach, reach this kind of a goal and really look at them as the hero? So I think there's some big things that we are, I see people uh, really languishing. They've got good products. They've got good services. They may even have some trust, but they're not leveraging it well. And, uh, that's, that's what I wanted to try to play with in this show, Tom. Yep. Our, um, gosh, well, we counsel our small business owners and, you know, you're a solopreneur or, or you've got 15, 20, 10, five team members on your team. We always counsel people don't play the commodity game. Mm. There's no way to compete. So what do you what do you compete with? What how do you win on the experience? So what's the experience that you're going to deliver? How is and so you know when you started saying you know you're a coach and there's nine other coaches on the stage with you and everybody gets two minutes to explain yeah. who they are, then differentiating yourself to me part of that is what's the difference of your experience. Right. And so when I do legacy coaching with people, there's a different experience there. It's something that we do that's unique, that brings a different set of value to people. Um, so so that's that's a big thing. So when I think of 
gosh, when I think of how, you know, dad always said people don't like to be sold, but they love help buying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Make that an experience. That's, we do a great deal of education and awareness before we get into the conversation on if it's a fit. And that's part of our experience. And I think when people go to websites or TripAdvisor or Yelp or Google or whatever to see what the ratings are, what they're really looking for is what kind of experience did that customer have, right? Um, I just recently tried to buy something online from a major company and had a horrible experience. It's just unbelievable. You know, phone call after phone call passed around and I was trying to give them money. (laughs) Imagine what would happen if there was a problem. (laughs) So so, so that's to me, the minimum, the MVA minimum viable audience. What's your unique differentiator like a woot? How are you different, creative, quirky, whatever your personality is? And when they come through and buy something from you, what's the experience that they're going to get? Yeah that's going to be different. And then how do you, I like the word choreograph. Mm -hmm. How do you choreograph the experience? And so my, my friend who did the scuba uh, dive shop, he choreographed it. He, he set them up on the very beginning. Hey, we, our goal is to, is to give you a five-star experience. And so our, our hope is you'll give us a five-star review. And so the dance began, right? They said, we're going to play the best music ever on this stage. And if the beat ever gets off on our part, let us know so we can change our tune. (laughs) So that when you're done, you're like, wow, that was amazing. And so everybody has different expectations of what a five-star experience is. Yeah. So I can just imagine, you know, one customer's like, hey, can you bring extra of this on the boat? The next customer's, can you bring extra of that on the boat? Well, you don't know what the this or that is until you start asking that question and saying, what do you expect? And it's when, when I'm taken, one of my personal needs are met in a sales experience, gosh, I'm much more likely to say yes and to refer and to come back and do all those things. You're listening to The Ziegler Show and my conversation with Tom Ziegler about selling when people are already sold. We'll be right back. And we're back to you mentioned the word commodity. Don't play that game. And even as I said, you know, to some degree, some of the aspects of our product or service service they are commoditized. We can't change that as far as people can go do the research. They can do the reviews and whatnot. But yeah, ultimately we are going to uh, make the sale and compete based on, yeah, that unique, we're back to that USP, that unique selling proposition. You know, why, why you, and we did a show, I wish I had the number in front of me, but we did a show in the past. Let's see, this is, this is December, 2021. I'd say in the past quarter, we did one on trust and the reality that so many people, I would guess most everybody listening to this who's selling something believes themselves to be trustworthy and probably qualifies. And yet doing, uh, being that and adequately communicating it and leveraging it is a different 
uh, is a different issue. So I, I go back. I don't know what the title of that. You can go back and find that. But I would look at that uh, as well. But you know, this is this is not a directive thing on how to sell because that's going to be unique to your product or service. I think the best advice is go look at who's doing it and model some of their best business practices, but then figure out, as you just said, Tom, how do you differentiate yourself from them? And there's very little benefit or opportunity these days in saying that you're better, but we can all say that we are different. Um, I do want to land on something though, Tom, and I actually... I just want to land there briefly because I think we need to do a whole show on it. And back to that selling ourselves, that is something that I feel like is more paramount. We're talking about podcasting. I mean, we again, we've seen a billion, billions of dollars in advertising come over to podcasting because they realize the power and the need for trust. That is, I think, in the same sense as individuals, there is more need than ever for, for us to be able to sell ourselves well. And I feel like we're at one of the worst times of ever doing that. The, the people, people in general don't, especially the younger generation. How do you really sell yourself in today's world? And I'm prone to you know, talk about how to win friends and influence people by our you know, Carnegie buddies. But even there, uh, I mean, I, I would recommend anybody read the book, but there's still, it's done differently. How you do that today is done so differently. Um, I think that'd be a great show for us to put some focus on, Tom, to say, how do you sell yourself well today? How do you be humble and authentic, which people want, and be confident and credible, which you've got to be as well? This came up in my members community recently, and we just kind of played with it. We didn't come up with definitives, but there's a, that's where I find people when we brought that topic up. We, we really just heard a lot of people say, yeah, that, that is a struggle. That is really a struggle right now in not wanting to be the person on stage who claims that they've got it all figured out, which kind of was the old school way of doing it outside of Zig Ziglar, who brilliantly did it. So we can bring Zig into the conversation, obviously. But in today's day and age, if we're saying that products or services are primarily sold on the initial sale of trust from whoever is purveying it, how do we do that? And again, I love that, you know, people are authentic, being authentic is the kind of the big buzzword. Um, but you can do that. You can go too far. I, that's not true. I, I don't want to say too far. You can, you can dive into, to authenticity in a way that hurts your credibility as well. And you got to be able to hold those. I don't know, Tom, should we just dedicate a show to that one? I think that's a good one. And here's another one. Yeah. So I'm reading this book and it talks about the impact of artificial intelligence in the future. Are you talking about the one that I've got on my bookshelf behind me that you, yeah. AI 202041? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a character in the book who was a writer for a publisher, but all the publishers have laid off all the writers because AI can do a profile of every human being on the planet and pop out books in the genre that you like based on your preferences. And so I'm in, which is like, that's kind of a weird thought. Like for entertainment, I'm going to read a novel written by an artificial intelligence. I don't like that thought at all based on this stuff. Well, our ba our buying habits and yeah. our choices that we make online, it's 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 taking us that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, 
there's gosh, there's nothing like a, I mean, a handcrafted whatever, right? The way it feels, the way it smells, but it is a different, uh, it's, it, it serves a different purpose and solves a different need than technology that solves the same problem. That's, you know, all, you know, CAD driven and, and put out on a machine. Yep. Right. So there's going to be both worlds to live in and we got to decide which one we're going to, we're going to make our mark in. It's going to be an interesting gap that we see grow between the, yeah, the commodity products and the premium ones. Uh, I was just looking at, we're watching Lord of the Rings. We do that every Christmas season. And every time I see, uh, you know, Gandalf and the big characters smoking their pipe, I just, man, that just looks, I want to do that. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think I would be wiser just by having so those long pipes are called church warden pipes. So we were actually looking at them. The kids got me one, but it was cheap and it and it kind of broke. And I thought, yeah, I don't want one that was made off a factory assembly line overseas somewhere. I want I want a real handcrafted church no, warden need, pipe. You need one that was dug up in a ruin, you know, that's yes. like two hundred years old, handcrafted. Yes. And is it has got that in it. Yeah. It's uh it's a we're we're in an interesting time. Uh, it, it, I love it. It is because with the AI and, and you, you know you mentioned the book. So for those of you who watch the video, which we have all these shows that go up on YouTube, I never mention it. Uh, but uh, here's here's I'm showing it's AI 2041 by a couple guys whose names I'm not going to try to pronounce. But um, <laughs> I haven't gotten too far in the book because I'm so enamored with the first chapter in regards to a business that I'm working on uh, that I, I keep just ruminating on that. But it is interesting because I know I'm a product of it. I mean, I, I, right now, Christmas season, I'm literally buying something online almost every day. A lot of it's on Amazon. I go there. I did one, I did a couple things today and, and I did, and I did one where I was actually in a physical store. I was in a bike shop and I looked up on Amazon to look at the thing that I wanted to get just to make sure that it was what exactly what I wanted, look at the reviews. And then I bought it off the shelf, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm, I'm buying so much off of that AI driven, Hey, people who like this, like this. And that sounds like manipulative, but to me, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I, I've found great stuff, you know, off of that. So we probably should do a show on that as well. How we all need to be looking at the reality of AI that already exists and where it's going to be quickly going. Tom, I would love to hear your thoughts on this book in regards to that and how we should all be aware of and harness it and uh, what the downfalls are of not being aware and, and, and where we can go, uh, try to go aside from that, uh, as you were talking about as well. Uh, gosh, I feel like we, we hit on so many tangents here. I hope this was uh, beneficial to folks. I, it was to me, I'm going to be going from this, looking at my own, the, what am I selling? How am I selling it? How am I doing it in relation to the products and services out there and the sales process, as you said, Tom, that we are getting more and more custom to in this, whatever age we're going to call it. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Uh, in today's it's age. the age I've got the name for. Okay. It. It's the great reimagination. That's right. Okay. The reimagination. The I, great reimagination. So there you go. That we need to reimagine our sales processes because we're all selling something, a product or a service. Uh, or of course, as Zig Ziglar would say, we're all selling ourselves. All, all right, right, brother. I always learn something from you. Thanks. Appreciate you. 
We'll be talking further about these issues on sales in today's marketplace and how to engage with it and take action in our own business pursuits in the Driven to Live community, which you can find at kevinmiller.co. It's 45 bucks a month. It ensures that the people in there are in there to invest in themselves and each other for real conversations leading to real growth. I could attempt to offer you five secrets and seven keys to millions of dollars overnight, which is a great hook, but it takes real conversation about what you really need. It doesn't sell as easily, but I'd rather offer what matters than hype you into a perception of something else. Come on over to kevinmiller.co. If you've got questions or concerns about joining, just email me at kmiller at kevinmiller.co. I'll reply to you personally. Coming up next in episode 953 of The Ziegler Show, I'm back with Jonathan Fields to talk through his personal habits for success. We have an interesting talk about forest bathing. Till then, thanks as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 